We sang a song, Mary, Did You Know, this morning, and that is a favorite new kind of Christmas song for a lot of people, and I'm going to answer the question, yes, she knew, because we're going to read the text that talks about those things today. So let's, uh, let's start off with, uh, this is from Luke 1, 26, in the sixth month, well, that's the sixth month, if you read the first 25 verses of that text, that is the Elizabeth's. And, her, and Zechariah's pregnancy. In the sixth month of that pregnancy, Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, the question that comes to my mind right at this spot is, Mary, did you know that for the next 35 years, the people in your community would be talking behind your back about how you had a baby in the, you know, because everybody can do math with, with when she got pregnant and when she got married. Everybody can do that math, right? We're really good as humans at doing math like that. And she was greatly troubled and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and he shall call, you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him his throne of the father David." And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, how do we rectify this if we're doing our little um, thought process in our heads that you have this baby about to be born, they just told you the baby was about to be born, and we know that he is fully human and fully God. That's how we talk about him. Well, in the Jewish tradition... I'm not sure if they still hold it this way, but at that time they talked about it this way, that, that you got your body from your mother, fully human. So he was a Jewish boy from the line of David. He got his body from his mother, and he got his spirit from his dad, fully God. That's one way to understand that. It's not the only way to understand it, but it is a way to understand what's going on. I also want to make sure that we cover just a little piece of the thing here. The Jehovah's Witnesses come and say at this point that when she got pregnant, it was the, archa- the angel, Michael, that came upon her and said that the angel is her dad. They do teach that. But the Bible specifically forbids that kind of um, sharing between angels and, and people. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I just want to make sure that the text specifically says and does not allow you to go there. Sometimes I'm so thankful for the text. When you read the Bible text and you say, well, we think it might be this, except for God says, no, not ever, don't do that. So he's not going to do it. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit 
the Spirit of God, not an angel, not somebody else, you don't have to do anything about this, will overshadow you and therefore a child and cause a child to be born and his name, he will be holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month for her who has been called barren. Because not only do we do math around the birth dates of babies, we do math around how old people are when they don't have kids. Don't we? I'm not making that up. We, we do that and we think, well, it's my job to pay attention to that. It's not always, but in this case, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, she says. Oh, wait, I skipped a verse. One that I didn't want to skip. Verse 37 for nothing is impossible with God. Can you just say that verse with me for a second? This is verse Luke 1, 37. For nothing is impossible with God. Something to remember. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't want to skip over that for a second. I want to spend some time thinking about the response that you might have or that I might have. Let's say for a second that we're in that spot and an angel comes to us and we're in that spot and the angel says, you are going to be pregnant with the Most High God, do you think for a second that you might say, let it be to me as you have said? Because there's really three sort of choices you could make in this life. Because I, I, I want to make sure we hear this. Mary, something absolutely unique is happening to Mary. God is going to be formed inside her. And she's going to give birth. And the arm that causes salvation to come and the exodus, all the, all the miracles of exodus and the Red Sea does part, the arm that causes that, the arm of the Lord that causes that salvation to happen is now going to be a little chubby baby holding onto a finger. Absolutely unique. However, because that baby is born and then goes on to go to the cross, we can have the life of God formed in us. She is a prototype. Absolutely unique, and yet a prototype for us of having God formed in us as his spirit comes into us. But she didn't have to say, behold, let it be to me as your word is. She could have said, um, no. No. I don't want any part of that and I don't think you can do it and blah, blah, blah. Have you ever in your life had God come to you and say something and you just essentially said, um, no. (laughs) Okay, you don't have to hold up your hands but thank you for that participation. (laughs) Me too. Wow. This is the epitome of a disciple of God, one of God's people. May it be to me, as you have said, is the opposite of, um, no, we're not doing that. 
And of course, in that spot, if you get in your life where you're in a spot and you're supposed to do something and you say, eh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you get to a spot where you have said to God, no, I don't really want you working in my life. And he will honor that and not work in your life. Now, he might work around your life and try to talk with you and, and, and what I would call that conversation the Holy Spirit is having with every single individual on earth all the time, trying to woo them into a deeper relationship. And sometimes that wooing is, stop saying no. <laughs> stop saying no. No, I'm not doing it. Okay, that's the first option, right? Don't, don't go there. It's not going to end up good for you. That's a spot where, where, where you end up essentially going, look, there is no Lord in my life and I'm going to be the, in charge. That doesn't work with God. Matter of fact, he opposes the proud. That's what the proud do. The second choice he could have made is something that some of us try to do is that God comes and says to us, I'm going to do this in your life. And we say, that is a fabulous process. Now I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen in my time. And don't hold your hands up on this, but if you've done that, where you've sort of tried in your own power to make his salvation happen in your life, there's a couple of results that don't happen in that. First, the salvation that he promises you is not achieved that way. You can't do this. The reason why he was born as a baby and lived a sinful life, this miracle of birth that is not an event in your life, it is a who in your life. The miracle of Jesus is that we see miracles in our life and we think they happen to us and they happen around us, but they don't happen as a person in us. This is a miracle. The who of Jesus becomes born into our life. He's a person. Now, Abraham and Sarah had a promise, and, and it took a while to get there, and Sarah and Abraham tried to make it happen their own way. And, and then you end up with Ishmael and Isaac and a little fight and a brotherly spat between them, and any of you who've ever had brothers who are rivals in your family know that that's just a little bit of chaos and strife. And of course, they, they caused it a little bit because they tried to make God's promise happen. I, in my own life, have tried to make God's promise happen a, a few times, but I learned a lesson very clearly about it along the way. But then there's the third choice. There's the, may it be to me as your word says. What does it take in our life to be that person that says that when God speaks into our life, even if you were able, Mary, did you know that they're going to talk about you behind your, did you know that, Mary? Like this, for the rest of your life, did you know that? Did you know that they were going to whisper about you behind your back? What does it take in your life to get to the spot where you might say, May it be to me as your word. Or another place as Isaiah says it, here I am, Lord. 
I'm, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if you want me, but I'll do whatever you need me to do. May it be to me as your word. Well, first off, let me say this, that it, it takes an understanding of who you are and who you're not. If you're going to let God be the Savior of your life, then you're going to have to recognize that you're not the Savior of your life, that He is, and you're going to have to let that happen. The Bible has this all over the place with, with He opposes the proud and raises the humble. Matter of fact, our text goes into this, and so we're absolutely ready for some more, for some more Bible reading here. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went in haste to the hill country to a town of Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Just want you to recognize that that is kind of a behold, may it be to me, as you said moment in Elizabeth's life. Let, let's hear this again. I just want to say this really. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Do you hear the humility? Do you hear the longing for the salvation of the Lord in there? Why? Wh how have I been recognized as deserving this? She recognizes this. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her. Behold, may it be to me as you have said. And then Mary says this. This is an amazing little thing. Let's, let's go through this. This is the Magnificent, and it's in verse in your Bibles. That's starting at verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. How do you get to may it be to me as the Lord is? You start to trust in him in this way. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, and he has looked into the humble estate of his servant. He has looked at me and saw who I was, and he came to me, and, he, and behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, she says. Yes, Christ is formed in you, absolutely unique in Mary, but what happens to us when we come to this spot where we say, here I am, Lord, behold, may it be as your word says to me. The spirit is put in us and it is formed in us and blessed will we be. There's more. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Has the Lord done great things for you? Would you be willing to talk about that if somebody asked you? If somebody wandered up and said, if the Lord's done something great for you, can you tell me about that? Would you be willing to share that? Because that is the essence of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus is to not only know that he's done great things but assign it to God's work and then be willing to share that. 
It means that his spirit has taken root in your life and is starting to grow. And we talk about that as baby Christians. Except for this, when you're a baby Christian and God's work is fresh in your life, you're actually sometimes more mature than those that have had it for years that have begun to sort of say, no, I don't want to do that no more. He has shown strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. Do you want to be scattered and scattered by this? This is the statement here. This is from one of the books I was reading about this stuff. Okay, the mighty are brought down. That's the next line. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the humble of their estate. The mighty brought down, the humble exalted. Matthew tells us that when the Magi comes from the east, I'm reading this here, to Jerusalem looking for the newborn King Herod was greatly troubled. King Herod was greatly troubled. Herod senses that the birth of King Jesus has massive implications for his government and he's bothered. It's true. The birth of Jesus has massive implications for the way we do our government. Now, that doesn't mean that we're doing it particularly well or particularly bad. Remember, it's said of democracy. Uh, It's the absolute worst form of government except for all the other ones. So were the scribes and the chief priests. Let me ask you this question. This is the question in the text. Did they need to be deeply troubled? Yeah. They needed to be deeply troubled because they weren't ruling the people the way that God wanted it done. So the coming of Jesus upsets the proud and the rulers and those that want to be king and it deeply troubles them and they should be. Or... They can hear the word of the Lord and say, may it be to me as your word has said. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Now it's not bad to be rich, but what are you doing with it? And we had this discussion a couple weeks ago. If you're in America and you have a car, you are in the wealthiest 8% of the world. Because that's how many have cars. And it doesn't matter what kind of car you have or how bad it runs or whatever, the people without one look at it and go, wow, a car. (laughs) Kind of like to have one of those, but they don't. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Mary, did you know? Yep, she knew. She knew this, that her, exalt, her, her soul would exalt in the Lord because he has regarded her. What does it mean to be regarded by God? It means that he sees who you are and knows who you are. He knows you. He has seen me. He has regarded me. And he has, he has, from, from, and he has blessed me because he has redeemed me. The stuff happening in Mary's life is absolutely unique. Christ is being formed in her biologically. The work being done in you is absolutely unique to you, but the process is is exactly the same. The Spirit of God is being formed in you if you're one of those who have said, you're the God and I'm not, and I need your help. And you invite him to be in charge. 
I'm just going through this. He is holy and shows mercy to all who fear and exalt him. Now, fear is this funny word we keep using. The Bible says you've got to fear God. Well, it doesn't mean you've got to run in terror from him. It means that essentially that when you come into his presence, you're aware that you're in the presence of the holy God. It's Moses at the burning bush. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Now, if you've walked in the desert barefoot, you know that that is not something you do with impunity. You take a little time, there's stickers and thorns and rocks underneath the sand, and you walk carefully to all those who fear the Lord. For he has done mighty works. He scatters the proud and gives to the humble. Let his servants, according to his promise, let, let his servants hear that and keep his promise from all, for all the children of Abraham. Our Bible tells us that the children of Abraham aren't just a lineage of people born from one group of people to another, but they're the people that do the work of Abraham, which is to believe in God as Savior to all generations. Mary, did you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She knew. And so it begin, comes to this. Your choice, her choice, may it be to me, as your word says. Is it something that you can come to in your life? May, can you find a spot in your life where you say, may it be to me as your word says, God? Even if he isn't coming to you and saying, oh, by the way, they're going to whisper about you for 30 years. They've been whispering about me for more than 30 years. And some of you more than that. It doesn't matter what people think. It matters what God thinks matters what God thinks and what God's doing in your life. May this miracle that is a person be given birth in your life in this season of hope. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for today, for the hope that lies within us. May we always be ready to give an answer for that hope that lies within us. Move in us that we might not say, no, nope, I'm not doing that, but we might actually say, here I am, Lord. May it be to me as your word says. Amen.